Hi, my name is John Kim. I'm a therapist who went through his own rebirth many years ago, and I've been documenting my journey ever since, sharing my life lessons and revelations. I believe in casual over clinical, with you instead of at you. I come unrehearsed on purpose because self-help doesn't have to be so complicated. I'm super excited about today's guest. The way that we line up is she has a podcast called Do You Fucking Mind? And it's all about, I guess, mindset hacks. Um, I don't I don't, I don't, don't know if, if hack's a good word because I don't want to minimize what you do. But um, I love the idea of dense concepts broken down into kind of street level. Um, you know, how we help people. There are things that are... Um, applicable things that we can actually apply to our life and her podcast is all about that um i've been kind of going in through that door for the last 15 years so we're going to get to know alexis hello thank you for having me yes um she is calling in from the other side of the world 9 a.m in australia that's right yes (laughs) um so you know how tim ferris has this question at the end it's the billboard question he asks all his guests i like to start in the beginning Mm. And it's a billboard question, the question that I like to start with, it's a little bit throwing you into the, uh, uh, the, uh, um, the, the deep end. Um, what is your current greatest struggle? You can think about that for a second. What mm. are you struggling with in your life? Current greatest struggle. I think currently, and this is like, mm-hmm. so far everything's been going really well, but I struggle lately to genuinely be able to switch off. So when I was talking about Mm. my goals for the year, yes, I've got business goals. Yes, I've got all these things, but it really was. I just want to have just more pockets of peace in my day where I'm not thinking about work, where I'm not, you know, once I leave my office, my mind's not there. Yeah. Um, And even just the last couple of days, I've already been noticing a bit of a shift, which feels really good just based on what I've been doing. But definitely, I think when you start working for yourself, it's this exciting feeling of, oh, I've got all this freedom and control. But you actually, if you don't really pay attention, you actually become a little bit of a a hostage to your own business because you're constantly thinking, what else do I need to do? I've got to, you know, it's kind of like Mm -hmm. when you're at uni, even when you're not there, you're thinking, oh, I've got exams, I've got this, I've got that. You don't have that peace of mind. (laughs) So knowing that, um, what have you done, if anything, to not burn the candle at both ends and and really Mm. burn out? So a couple of things I've had to do is um, extend a few deadlines, which I Mm -hmm. had set a lot earlier for myself. And I thought that I would be disappointed, but it's actually made me feel a lot better, a lot more balanced. Mm. It's the one thing that I've spoken a lot about on my podcast, but it's not getting on social media for the first two hours of the day. That really <laughs> changes my day. It right, changes right. how, how you know, because people talk about time management, but also we should look at attention management and where we manage where our attention is placed. I mm-hmm. think it massively affects my mood. Um, not, and not then, only when you get on, but also what you take in, I've noticed. Oh, uh, yeah, you definitely. Know? Yeah. Definitely. Because, you know, I always say I try to be just, just if you can be intentional in everything you do, even in social media use, it's fine to use it, but be intentional, absorb content that's actually either beneficial or it makes yeah. you laugh or something, but but we just get swept up and we kind of 
allow all these things to come up and before we know it, it's been 30 minutes, an hour. So yes. I try and be just yes. more intentional. I've, I've also noticed like, that, um, you know, if you click on, say, I don't know, you know, uh, a, a, an elephant or a lion chasing an elephant or something, um, suddenly it sends you a gazillion videos and then yeah. they become more graphic and suddenly you're watching animals eating each other. And yep. uh, it hijacks your nervous system, you know? Mm. And so sometimes I use social media just to kind of zone out. I look at motorcycles, work, you know, things I'm into, workouts. Um, but it's like one mistaken click throws you into a very slippery mm -hmm. well of something else. And then you're right, 30 minutes of just your, your nervous system being activated. And then you're trying to go, totally. to go to sleep and you wonder why you can't. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Or like someone will send you something that they think is really funny. You'll watch it and then you'll start scrolling through and yeah. then before you know it, you're like, I would never actively choose to watch this. <laughs> right. Yet right. here I am. Yeah. Yeah. What about um, other things like, uh, I don't know if you do ice, I don't know if you do sauna, what do you do to ground yourself, body, you know, fitness, nutrition, all of that stuff? Sauna Under, under the me. umbrella of self-care. Yeah, yeah. Sauna for me is one of my absolute favorite things to do for so mm. many reasons. I enjoy yeah, it while that. I'm doing it, but I also find that even in what everything I've studied, but it just impacts your mental health so positively. You mm -hmm. just everything for me improves when I sauna regularly. I'm a lot calmer, I'm a lot more focused, I feel better, my energy levels are better, not to mention all the kind of behind the scenes benefits that we're not realizing straight away. Um, you know, for your brain health and longevity and all of that. So sauna for sure. I Is that daily or uh, a few times a week? Probably around four times a week. Okay, yeah. Four times and a week. How long are the sessions? I do, because I do dry sauna, not infrared. So I do 20, mm -hmm. 25 minutes in, okay. the, in the dry sauna. Yeah. yeah. Nice. But I, my goal is to own a sauna so I could do it every single day. That's mm. like my dream. You have yeah. one, don't you? I have one in my garage yeah. right here. I was showing you. So I go from <laughs> my, uh, my house to my garage at night once we put the kid down. And yeah. like you, yeah, this is infrared, but like about uh, 30 minutes a night. Um, That's but so great. But you're right, especially in the winter, it's fucking like church. It's amazing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. It's incredible. Yeah. And ice baths, I don't have one. Um, and the place where I go for sauna doesn't have one either. But every time mm -hmm. I go to Bali, my partner and I go to this place with an ice bath and we're going twice a day. We just love it so much. Yeah. So we're, yeah. we're get one for sure. That's but, a little yeah, bit harder. That, <laughs> That's a little bit definitely. more of a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> A hundred percent. And I find it's a really good mental challenge. If you want to, mm -hmm. if you want to know what focused is, get in an ice bath and yeah. your mind isn't racing. You're really present in the zone. A lot of people think, oh, but I struggle to focus on my breath. Do an ice bath. And mm -hmm. that really teaches you how to, you know, just drop down into this focus about your own body, which I find it just phenomenal. And then of course, exercise I do a lot of exercise, all kinds of exercise, but I always say to people, even if you're not into the gym or you're not into you know anything like that, I think it's so important you for your as far as your brain health is concerned, you want to get your heart rate up for at least two to three minutes a day minimum. Mm. This mm -hmm. is for your you know for your longevity. Who cares mm -hmm. about aesthetics? We're talking about brain health. You need to get your heart rate up daily. It's so good for you, and you can do this in many different ways, um, including. The sauna, your heart rate goes up in the sauna as well. Yeah. So yeah. I try and do, I'll move my body every single day. Sometimes it's just a gentle stretch. Sometimes I'm going yeah. all out and doing a 10K run. It just depends on what I'm in the mood for. Yeah. Nice. 
Um, let's put a bookmark there. I want to know how this all started for you. So, um, you know, for me, everything started after a divorce 15 years ago and then I started blogging. Uh, for you, did something happen in your life or were you always interested in, you know, psychology and also self-betterment and, and, and all of this? Yeah, so I I found my interest in the brain. I actually wanted to be an actor. And mm. I, while I was doing acting, it wasn't going well for me, obviously. And so I thought, oh, I'll just do uni on the side just because I, I, I really enjoyed learning. So I thought I'll just do, you know, I don't know what. So I started at uni. I was picking all these electives and I chose psychology. Wait, did you say uni? I've never heard that term. Oh, is that uni, university? university. Oh, I've never. I was like, what is she talking about? <laughs> we abbreviate okay. everything here in Australia. And then I realized it's like, this is... <laughs> This does not make sense. Different, yeah, different thing, yeah. And then yeah. when you were acting, did you come to Los Angeles or were you doing it from there? Or I was mainly would, doing you know... it from, from Australia. I was like, submitting a few auditions for mm -hmm. Los Angeles, um, mm -hmm. but no, it never, never got that good. But I started, yeah, I was doing psychology. And in the first semester, this guest lecturer came in and was talking about neuroanatomy and neuroplasticity. And I was absolutely mm -hmm. fascinated. So he basically said to me, I spoke to him after and he said, you, you should change your major to um, cognitive neuroscience psychology. So it's more of that neuroscience base. And we were working in labs, dissecting brains. I thought this is unbelievable. But I still had this passion for acting. So when I finished uni, I became a personal trainer because I thought that mm. would be a flexible job for acting. And that's where my passion for fitness, it, I literally started being, being a personal trainer because I thought this is a flexible job, not because I was that passionate about the fitness industry. Right. But right. I found that I started really loving it and it was going really well for me. And in all of that, I had this huge breakup that was kind of the mm. catalyst for all this change. I was so it was this, a breakup. <laughs> it was a breakup. It was, yeah. And I think that a breakup is the the line in the sand for a lot of people mm -hmm. in their life yeah. in a really good yeah. way. It forces you into this direction that you never, or you didn't think you wanted. In hindsight, obviously mm -hmm. I do, but it kind of forces you to be in a place you don't want to be in. And that teaches you so much about yourself, yes. about your, yeah. how you recover, how, how it, how you deal with adversity. And I, how long, how long was the relationship? It was three and a half years. And I was mm. so in love and and mm. there were no issues, even in hindsight, even with the, you know, the, the gift of hindsight, there genuinely were no issues in with each other. It was more so we were just, I can see now, not a good match. And for him, he one day, I think he was harboring this and he was a really great guy and he was mm -hmm. probably holding on to this without ever communicating it. And one day he just said, like, I, I don't feel the same way. I don't love you and just ended it. Oh, oh just, wow. just out of the blue. And I was abruptly so, so shocked. I well, couldn't well, get hopefully over Hopefully it was it. in person because these days people are doing that via text, this generation, was, and that's like Thankfully it was in person. Can you? I know because I've yeah. heard some really like horror breakup stories where you'd get ghosted by someone you've been together for years. So it was in person. Yeah, and, and he was really, he was really trying to make it a conversation, but I was just distraught and I really mm. suffered. And I never... I never spoke to him again. It was this one big conversation and then it was done and it felt like this huge loss in my life and I couldn't understand why. So for nearly a year, I was thinking, surely he'll come to his senses because we were perfectly fine. Everything was great. He'll come back. Mm -hmm. So I was holding on to hope that he would return, which was, in you know, I look back now and I think one of the best things you can do in a breakup is to 
come to terms with the fact that it's done as soon as possible so you can start mm. grieving it because I wasn't grieving for so long. So I wasn't able to pro- properly process my emotions. And Wait, just, so what, what were you doing um, if you weren't grieving? Were you kind of hoping um, he would come back? Yeah. Uh, what, were, what were you doing that, that I mean, you basically weren't letting go in a way, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I just wasn't letting go. And every time I'd think about it, I was very much in denial. People would say, oh, you know, you'll get over it. And I'm like, well, you've obviously never been through what I've been through. I'm never going to get over this. You just don't understand. Even people that had mm. been through breakups, I just thought that they've clearly never loved as much. as like I was just in denial thinking no one's gone through what I've gone through. You know, when you feel that you're the only one that's experienced this, yeah. which obviously yeah. was not the case. And I just genuinely deep down would look for hints and clues and I'd be looking at his social media account and trying to find, I gifted him a t-shirt and one day I saw that he was wearing that t-shirt out and I'm like, is he thinking? It's just craziness. Mm. (laughs) Yes, yes. No, but what we're talking about is great. Um, I'm actually writing a whole book about breakups and what what they can do as far as, um, I believe that after a breakup, like we're talking about, it's the richest soil for growth. isn't it? If if you are working on yourself or uh, and you know exploring what happened, how the plane went down, taking totally. ownership, examining the black box, all that. Um, if you're not just like running, numbing, and doing doing things that are disconnecting yeah. you from you, but if you're actually going into uh, your own inner hero's journey, mm. uh, it could be definitely like I think the richest soil to grow. Totally, and it seems like for you that happened. So. Um, once you've kind of accepted, okay, this is over, is that when your yes. you know, thirst for self-betterment and obviously helping other people? Yeah, definitely, definitely. So I got to a point where I realized it had been like about a year at that point and mm. I was sick of hearing myself talk about it. I was sick of yeah. telling people and I thought this has to change. This is ridiculous. So I actually went kind of all out and I bought a one-way ticket to Paris because I thought I'm changing my life. Oh, wow. So I, I, went to, I went to Italy. It's hilarious. You went to Paris. You? I went to Italy. Yes. I can't wait yes. to have this and conversation. I've never been anywhere and that was, that was like my gift to myself. Yes. And uh, that's where I went. Yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. And I thought I'm out of wow. here. I am out. And people said to me, mm. are you sure you're not running away? And I said, you know what? I actually think I am running away. I think I need a fresh start. And I don't think running away is the worst thing for me right now because I ne- something needs mm-hmm. to change. I need a circuit breaker. I need something and it's not right here. Mm-hmm. So I bought this one-way ticket and I kind of got this, you know, apartment for a couple of months in Paris. And it was there where I – how old re- you were then? What was that? Were you – how old were you when you went to Paris by yourself? I was 26. Or 27. Oh, wow. Yeah. Young. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, I remember the night before I left to Paris, I had everything, you know, ready to go. I had quit mm-hmm. my jobs. I had given up my apartment. I had sold my mm. car. I, I streamlined wow. all my pos- – I went – this was like a really big transformation for me because, you know, when you yeah. – sometimes it requires you getting so sick of your situation that you do this sure. drastic change. So I yes. was, it was the night before and I remember still being so sad about the breakup and I thought you're on the brink of this amazing opportunity. I'm going overseas. I'm, I'm finally doing this cool thing and I'm still sad about this. And in that, in that evening, I really noticed I'm still hot. I need closure. I'm still expecting this person to walk into my life and give me a reason as mm. to why. And it's, once he tells me that, it's all going to be better. And I thought it won't be better. He could come into my life and tell me all the reasons, but the outcome wouldn't have changed. 
Clo- I mm-hmm. have to provide this closure for myself. I can't be waiting for the person that broke my heart to heal it. It just didn't make sense. I'm putting the power mm. in his hands. And also right, he's moved right. on. <laughs> he's just – he. so he should, but he's moved on. Uh, did, you, did you have proof that he has moved on? I Were did. you following – well, oh, well, well, luckily God. a few months after I unfollowed and I said to everyone, I said, look, I'm just going yeah. insane watching it. So I unfollowed everything. I wasn't keeping tabs. I told everyone not to tell me anything about updates of him. I, I don't want any information because I thought I'd then fixate. But then some one of my friends who I hadn't – I didn't realize I hadn't told her. She mentioned to me that he was in like a, a proper relationship, probably six months mm, in. And yeah, yeah and that's and what did it for you. Knowing that maybe it definitely kind of closed helps. that door completely. I think yeah. it really helps. I think it's really good to have something that kind of burns the bridge in a way because, <laughs> you know, you mm-hmm. kind of need that like severing tie. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. But then. Did you know anyone in Paris or no? No, nobody. Oh, wow. Nobody. That's- that's amazing. So you just went. Yeah. And also just the fact that you went one-way ticket, um, rented your apartment or got rid of apartment, mm. meaning that, I mean, speaking of burning your boats, there was no, that's it. You're just moving forward. Yep. There was no other gear. It's there just was, forward. Yeah, 100%. And I thought, because at the end of the day, worst case scenario, I can come back to Sydney. I'm capable of getting a job again. I can crash at my sister or my cousin's couch until mm-hmm. I find a place. You know, I was looking at what mm-hmm. is the worst case scenario if this spectacularly fell apart. And it wouldn't be great, but it wouldn't be bad. So I thought, let's just do it. Right. And Why Paris, by the way? Well, I chose Paris because while I was at uni, I actually did a double major. I did cognitive neuroscience Mm. and French randomly because just I enjoyed languages Mm. and I had never used the French and I thought well this is waste (laughs) I might as well kill two birds with one stone and work on my French while I'm there and it was Mm -hmm. an unbelievable experience I learned more about myself in in the first couple of months of being there than Mm. I think I had in the years prior it forced me into so Mm. much growth it was it was honestly incredible. It's not to say the whole thing was easy because it wasn't, but it forced me to meet new people. It put, you know, learn another language. All these new experiences created such a gap between who my new self was versus my old self in that relationship that mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. if the opportunity to return to that relationship came up, I knew deep down, I knew no matter how much I cared for him, I just couldn't go back anymore. I was just, I had just right. taken my life to the next level as far as knowledge and experiences that I was a different person in, in, a, in an evolved version of myself that I couldn't mm-hmm. go back and I wouldn't want to. And that's when I really realized that this work and putting yourself through new experiences and, and forcing growth was the key. Yeah. And so then when I came back a couple of years later, there was, back, there was a lot of travel back and forth. I went back again to Paris. Wait, wait. Everyone listening wants to know if you found love in Paris. No, no. no. Although I did, I did, I, I kind of had fun. It sounds so romantic. Yeah, I had fun in Paris. It is definitely the city of love for good mm-hmm. times. <laughs> but I had mm. a good single life in yeah. Paris, which was great. Nice. And it was really nice to be able to date and have fun there without getting attached mm. because I, I, I always felt like I was super attached to you know, one person I would date only because I'd had this one big love that I expected the next one would be the same. And it was just a really, really nice time, you know, just, to, you know, I was working there. I was teaching Pilates there. Mm-hmm. I was, I was just doing everything. It was amazing. And did you get to explore, I mean, you're 26 or so you did, you know, all your late twenties uh, in Paris. Did you get to explore 
um, your sexuality? Did you get to explore dating? Did you yeah. get to explore, you know, all of that stuff that actually is is required? That's actually great. totally yeah. I went I went on dates. Um, I you know slept around a little bit. It was just a really yeah. great time to feel. It was quite liberating. You know, and yeah, and I remember yeah, yeah. getting there, and I was yeah. doing things that were just so out of my comfort zone. Like I, I would, you know, my in the evenings, I would sit on my little balcony with a glass of wine. I'd never, you know, just have I'd have a little glass of wine and a cigarette, and I'm not a smoker. You know, just like random things that I would change mm-hmm. up my day just to mm-hmm. think this is your one time in Paris. Let's just really live it and experience it. I made friends with this French girl at a nightclub. And I thought, get out of your comfort zone, Alexis. So I started talking to her. Her English was great. I was practicing my French. She then said to me, oh, well, you know, why don't you come to brunch with my friends tomorrow? And normally I'd be like, yeah, 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 yeah. And it never happened. The next day I'm messaging her saying, hey, are we still on for brunch? All good if not. Because I thought, what's the worst that can happen that she doesn't reply? And she's like, yeah, of course, we're expecting you. Here's the address. So I rock up to this brunch with, you know, six French girls and that was really throwing myself in the deep end. And from there on, they took me under their wing and I was part of this group of French mm. girls and the, and Shay, the girl that I initially met, we still, we message each other every single week now. Like it's a, it's a lifelong friend that I found. Wow. And wow. it was cool because not that there's anything wrong with hanging out with expats, but I thought try and make friends with French people, like try not to gravitate to Australians while I'm here. And it was really cool that I was able to do something like that. Hey, uh, if you're listening, I also want to just remind you, uh, my studio is my garage and my garage door is wide open. You can't see it, but it's raining here in Los Angeles and I love, I love the rain. rain. So hopefully if you could hear it, if you could hear in the background, it's like nice ambient noise. It's not thundering. It's just light rain. And, you know, we're talking about Paris and one night stands and all <laughs> this crazy stuff with the rain in the background. So hopefully it is not an, an, an annoying um, experience that you're having no, here. That's great. So when was the birth of the podcast? When did you say, oh, I want to um, yeah. create so I, a podcast? I actually, after all my travels, I came back and I, in a like nutshell, started dating somebody, fell in love. This relationship lasted for just under a year. And then long, long, long story short, turned out that he was very much, very much like a textbook narcissist. We, By the time we broke mm. up two or three weeks later, he was engaged to somebody else. Like it was quite dramatic. Oh, wow. And I thought, oh, I thought I did all yeah. my healing. And this is, it was so intense. But Funnily enough, even though the breakup was so toxic and he had been cheating the whole time, even though he was, a lot of people think, oh, that must have been so much more painful for you than the first one because of how he treated you. It's a very different kind of pain. And I think because he treated me poorly and because he had cheated on me, it actually gave me so much ammunition to get over it a lot faster. So, yeah, yeah, so I found that actually a good thing in a way. And because of all of that, I thought, right, I'm really suffering again. I've just had all these life experiences. I'm not going to take another year to move on from this. That doesn't need to happen. So I thought, well, I can't get over the brain. I love the brain. I always think about it. So I applied to do my master's degree and I got accepted in. And I thought this is the perfect thing to, to, you know, funnel my energy into. So I started the master's in neuroscience. And it was incredible. I felt that it was that thing, you know, when you're like really sad and you're really struggling, it's that, it's your, you get up in the mornings and you've got, you've got this thing that you're working towards. It's like your why for the day. And so I would get up and and it meant something to me. And Mm -hmm. I started to realize, wow, there's so much that can be done with, 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 
you know, I've gone through my own healing journey. Almost every single person I've met has gone through some form of a heartbreak or adversity. Mm. And I think, you know, how can I tie all of this together? I'm so passionate about, I've looked at my journey and how I was able to recover so much faster the second time because I learned from the first time and all these things. So then I thought, well, let's, let's mix my passions together of being on a stage acting because I'd given that up years earlier, but I always loved it. And neuroscience. I thought I'd be a, a lecturer, but I thought, oh, why don't I just start a podcast? Well, I thought YouTube channel originally, but I thought I can't be fucked to doing my hair and makeup <laughs> every time I record. So I thought <laughs> I'll just, I'm just going to do a podcast. So I, I started it. And wait, how long ago was this? Uh, it was, was this? three and a half years ago or ne- nearly four years ago that oh, I started. Wow. And okay. yeah, yeah Pete, it just took off pretty quickly because I would speak about mm-hmm. these concepts around you know, heartbreak, overcoming adversity, taking a leap of faith, all these confidence, self-love, all, all these different things. And I would try and, and give, you know, scientific explanations wherever possible or, you know, reference studies or, or give examples of things. And people really, really liked it. And there's this, you know, the yeah. younger generation that's coming through, they, they're really into science. They really like science. And I thought, this is so cool that you know, a lot of people were writing to me saying, you've got me studying psychology now. You've got me studying neuroscience now. I'm really into it. Mm-hmm. And the main thing when I meet someone on the street who listens to my podcast, which is my favorite thing in the world, most people who, who approach me will say, you've pulled me out of a really dark time. And for me, oh, yeah. Like, yeah, that's amazing. If that's I can yeah. share something, if I can just give someone like a a flicker of hope or, or for them to think, oh, it's possible to make this change. Oh, it's, if I start doing this, this is going to be the outcome. I think a lot of people think it's purely, oh, think positive thoughts, but it's so much more than that. There's behavioral things you can be doing. Even if you can't change your thoughts to start with, you can change your routine and your behavior and that then changes your thoughts and that then changes how you feel. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. I'm a big believer in that. Um, just to stay home and white knuckle changing mm. your thoughts. Uh, that's not the, that's not the no. only way. Uh, I know for me, after my divorce, um, I got out of my house and out of my head. Um, and uh, I got into um, CrossFit mm. at the time. I bought a motorcycle. I didn't know what I was doing, but I realized now looking back, there was a lot of neuroscience happening Definitely. in that I was doing somatic things daily as a routine. And that changed my state and then eventually changed right. my thinking. So. Yeah, I did that for 10 years. And so I think that's why your podcast is popular and people love what you talk about is, is uh, there's so many different mm. ways into change. Yeah, that's right. Um, this, is a, this is a great segue because I was going to ask you, uh, what would you say, I know you've done so many episodes, but what would be three uh, quote unquote mindset hacks or things that have helped you or other people when it comes to any area of your life? So you pick three that, mm-hmm. that you resonate with, three concepts, and then what kind of, um, give that to okay. my audience. So the first yeah. concept that I talk about really often and it's resonated with a mm-hmm. lot of people is that I like to think of happiness as kind of in three pillars. And if you can touch on these three pillars every single mm. day, then you're going to feel pretty good in general overall. And that is, so the first pillar is um, to focus on growth in any area. If you can show that you are growing in some area and it can be learn how to do a Rubik's cube. Now, can you beat the time? Start, you know, it, it sounds <laughs> right. so, so basic, but yeah, people underestimate 
the brain, right? So when you achieve something, even if it's tiny, it changes how you approach the next challenge. It changes, you become a lot more proactive instead of reactive. You become more of a more of a growth mindset instead of a fixed mindset. And it's just by having these, you know, little I've I've grown in this area. I've learned this thing. I've improved in this thing. I used to do eight push-ups. Now I can do nine. It's tiny. So the growth doesn't have to be massive growth in your career. It's anything, but growth every single day. The next one is connection and real connection. The feeling that you get when you have a real connection with somebody is unmatched. It's so nice. You know, Wait, can it be any connection? Does it have to be no, romantic no, no. connection? It, can any, it be it, platonic and connection? And it can be yeah. with, with, Okay. I mean, ideally people, but it can also be with your pet mm-hmm. as well. Dogs and cats oh, are a great right, right. way where you mm-hmm. feel a deep connection, where you can feel like, you know, but, sure. but it's, it's, it's real connection. It's, it's, if, it, if you live alone, but you have a dog, get on the floor, lie down with mm-hmm. the dog, really feel that you're giving 100% mm-hmm. of your attention to this animal and and in reverse if you, if you if it's with a person pick mm-hmm. up the phone and speak to them on the phone if you happen to not no, no texting. texting it's not about texting i want this real connection yeah. and it could also no. be with a stranger you know you you might go to the same place every mm. single day for coffee but why don't you genuinely look the barista in the eye and say how have you been i've never really asked you x right and you'll be right. amazed at how good you feel when someone just responds to you so, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I've got growth, connection, uh, and the last one is purpose. And again, when I talk mm. about purpose, it doesn't have to be this big thing. Oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm saving the world. It's just something really little. And when I talk about purpose, try and find the feeling. What does purpose feel like? And I think that purpose really feels. Sorry, there's someone just revving the car in the background. If you hear that. <laughs> That's okay. We got the rain. We We've got, got the, the engine, engine got revving. This is great. It's real life. Um, <laughs> if, if you don't know what purpose feels like for you, I think a really good purpose to start with is to try and make three strangers smile. That feeling when mm. you can positively <laughs> impact somebody and they smile and then you smile back, it's so little, but it, it feels really good. Or if you don't know, oh, how do I make a stranger smile? Go up and ask someone, what cologne are you wearing? It's really nice. You know, give someone a compliment. Oh, compliment. Um, just yeah. it could be so basic. It it is so easy to make someone who you don't know smile. And the moment someone smiles back, you get yeah. a feeling, and that feeling is kind of that feeling that mm. you can then seek out in other areas in your life. It's so small, but it's always the small things that really make added together that are making the difference. So I think a lot of people think my career has to be aligned with my purpose. No, it doesn't. And sometimes it actually is detrimental for your career to align with your purpose because you're mixing something that's potentially stressful into something that's supposed to feel really fulfilling. It's okay to have them separate. And your purpose does not have to do with money whatsoever. You know, your purpose could be, I want to make people feel loved. When I interact with them, I want them to walk away feeling better than before I got there. That could be your purpose and that's a great one to have. So simplify the purpose and try and work on it every day. I love that. And I want to add to this because what you're saying is so great and tangible, the three pillars uh, for happy. So when she says, uh, or when you say, mm-hmm. like you're not in the room, when you say um, small goals, uh, accomplishing mm-hmm. growth, right? So whether you're solving a Rubik's Cube or you're doing nine push-ups, whatever it is, 
um, what comes to me, the byproduct is mm. hope, the injection of hope. Because you did one more or because, you know, you give yourself a, a, an experience that's slightly different. So you're getting that dose yeah. of hope. Uh, when you say connection, so eye contact, I mean, I'm thinking um, the chemicals in our brain, uh, dopamine, oxytocin, when we do connect with someone uh, and yeah. we feel something. So, yeah, the human exchange is so powerful. And if not human, like you're saying, animals, pets, uh, some people actually love animals <laughs> more than humans. So maybe <laughs> maybe that would be maybe the Maybe that choice. is. And maybe that's where you and start. Then, if you're and, someone that's, you know, at the moment feels like the world is against right. them right now and you're trying to, how do I change that? Start with animals and then work your way up from there. <laughs> yeah. And then the third one, purpose is huge because it's not, it's now mm. not about you. It's something mm. greater. And I think we get stuck when we just think about ourselves and our own problems and you know, who we're not with and, and, you know, how much further we have to go. When we start thinking about um, how we are a catalyst in this world, uh, your podcast is a great example to mm. service other people or to help someone else. Um, we almost get yeah. out of our own way. And I think that process One, is very well, And what you said about that, it's, it's so true. It does have to be outside of yourself when it comes to purpose. A purpose can't be completely mm -hmm. within yourself because that's a hobby. It's, it's a whatever, yeah, yeah, but yeah. a purpose is yeah. I like to think of it as what is my role to play in society, in the community, in this world. When you look at those blue zones mm -hmm. where people live mm -hmm. the longest, the old, the oldest people, they will be a hundred and they still make themselves useful to the community. It's this idea mm -hmm. of how am I right. contributing? And you don't, again, it doesn't have to be this crazy thing. It's, it's, can I still work this job? Can I still play my role in this thing? Can I help the children cross the road on their mm -hmm. way to school? Can I, whatever it is, but how am I a piece in this, in this puzzle, in this community? Yes, I have yes. value. I'm yep. not invisible. Yeah. Makes you feel less alone. So as you're listening to this, think about your current life. Um, do you have um, just, you know, as a practice in your day to day, do you have connection with people or are you just, you know, if you're like me and you work from home, make your own hours, are you just staring at screens all day? You know, um, do you have an authentic connection? If you're in a relationship, do you make eye contact? Do you guys, you know, mm. put the phones away? Do you guys touch? Do you guys make love? Do you, you know, what, what is it that you guys do to connect? Uh, and then uh, what about your purpose? You know, many people are punching clocks. They're in shitty jobs and they're just kind of doing it for, you know, ins uh, insurance or a 401k. And that's okay. Um, but then what's, what, mm. what excites you? Uh, what, what, what can you do to, to create a bridge so that isn't, you know, the only thing that – like people who, because um, I used to be one of these people, because I've had shitty jobs. People who go to sleep dreading mm. the next day. I mean, that's it's such a horrible, oh horrible God, feeling. Yeah. And know? or when the Sunday rolls um, around and they're just dreading that they've got another five days. So work happy until the weekend again. You know. Yes. Yes. Um, I think that compounds. I don't think that. I don't think that's sustainable. So. Uh, you know, look, look at that part. And then um, the first one she was talking about, um, which was, growth. what was the first one? Growth, connection, and purpose. Yeah. Growth. Oh, yeah. What? Right. And growth, like she said, it doesn't have to be huge. It can just be um, one thing. It could be one pull-up. It could be, you know what? Mm -hmm. I did yoga today. It can be um, something that, that uh, I put the candy yeah. bar down. Yep. You know, whatever it is, is growth happening 100%. in your life? And, and, and I always say that when yeah. it comes to growing and disciplining and whatever pick something that's really like you said like it's easy to measure i think if you can discipline the body you can discipline the mind so a lot of people that struggle to discipline their mind start with your body start 
you know, with, with mm-hmm. I, I ran 500 metres today and then the next day it was 600. You'll be amazed that as you start to have physical discipline and it doesn't have to be an exercise, it could be in, you know, other physical exercises that you're doing that's not working mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is, to me, the first step to learning to discipline your mind. It's all connected. Since my podcast is uh, shot glass, not wine glass, let's just do one more instead of three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, one more as we, as we um, wind down. What's one thing that I – just trying to think of something that maybe I've done recently. Oh, what, um, This is relatively basic, but it's something that I, I could bang on about until the end of time, but it's the importance of a morning routine. I think it will change – absolutely everybody's life when you have a morning routine and I always say and not just in the morning but routines in general anytime you can tag a few Mm -hmm. tasks in Mm -hmm. a row back to back that's unchanging always you've now you never have Mm. to think about it and you can um, you, you give that job to your subconscious mind. It's no longer a conscious process. So many of us wake up and we right. think, oh, do I, do I do this first or do I do that? And we waste so – not only yeah, yeah not only do we waste time, but we waste decisions. And we've got a decision-making quota mm-hmm. every day. And it's not that you can't mm-hmm. make decisions mm-hmm. later, but it becomes more difficult for your brain to make a quick, sharp decision the more fatigued you are mentally. So if you're wasting yeah, these decisions yeah. in the morning on what do I do this, oh, it's, it's such a waste. It's such a waste. So if you wake up in the morning, you think, well, I know that I get up and I drink a glass of water and then I go and I wash my face and I sit back down and I meditate and you've got the first 10 tasks just done no matter mm-hmm. what. You'll be, you'll have so much done. You'll feel amazing. You'll be awake earlier than you thought. You've got all this shit done. And then you're ready to use that decision-making quota to the important tasks in the day. So I could bang on about morning routines forever. It's, they're just the best. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And let's do this just to show people that your morning routines are customized and, and, and you know, uniquely different. Uh, what is your mo- morning routine, broad strokes? And I'll tell you mine, and and I'm pretty yeah, sure they'll yeah. be wildly different. Uh, but they totally. both work for us, right? So, Alexis, what, so what's your So my morning routine is I wake up at 5.15, uh, although mm. now I'm starting to wake up at 5 wow. because I've started at this new new gym that does these classes. But let's let's call it 5.15, wake up. Um, you have me beat already. <laughs> Not that it's a competition, but wow, I just I don't enjoy a good early morning. <laughs> anyway, but I'm also a big advocate for naps. Yeah, so yeah. if you're like, oh, I couldn't do that. Naps are great mm. as well. But mm. I w- get up at 5.15. First thing I do is drink a big glass of water because two things, it helps you wake up mm-hmm. straight away and it's also, you know, the best way. You, you hydrate your brain straight away. So it's really, yeah. really good to feel alert, yeah. focused, all of that. So glass of water. I go and brush my teeth just so, again, I'm more alert because the mint and all of that. And mm-hmm. then I'll meditate for 15 minutes. And sometimes it's guided. Sometimes it's just in silence. It just depends. Sometimes I'm a bit, oh, so I'll do a guided one, but it's meditate for 15 minutes. And then straight after that, I'll get my workout clothes on and I'll exercise somehow. Sometimes I'll go to a gym. Mm. I'll, I'll sometimes just go for a walk with the dog. I'll do all of that. And then after that, I will then have a coffee. I can do that alone. I can, after my workout, sometimes meet friends with the coffee. Mm. And only after the coffee do I look at my social media. Sometimes I won't even look at it until way later, but wow. I won't. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of discipline. Wait, so you don't have coffee till like three hours probably after two you've, hours. you've been probably awake? Probably two hours. Yeah. Yeah. Two hours. And I okay. just, wow. Yeah. yeah but and I, love, me, I love coffee. I'm a big coffee drinker. I'm a huge advocate for coffee. Mm-hmm. It's actually quite good for yeah, the brain. Too. All these studies have shown, yeah. but I love it. 
but I just I find that it you know sometimes you know if I'm if my day's kind of skewed and I've had to work out later I'll I love coffee as a pre kind of it's nice before the workout mm-hmm. but yeah that's kind of what my mornings look like 95% of the time I love it and look how different my <laughs> morning's going to be so I'm going to paint you a picture of my morning because uh, right now I'm, I'm working on a book. So when I'm working on a book, my morning is very different than if I'm not working on a book. Um, I get out of my house. Uh, I mean, we're talking about, you know, bedhead and, and uh, what are they called? Eye, eye cookies <laughs> or whatever. Don't watch myself. Don't, wa- don't yeah. wash my face. Don't brush my teeth. Um, I don't even think I get the water in. I get to a coffee Love shop it. as fast as I can. So uh, I'm not up at five. Mm-hmm. So more like six, like the earliest coffee shop here, I was 6 a.m., at the coffee shop, yeah, I wake up. Then I get the water. I have a pour over. I I um I dropped a ten dollars for the the best coffee because I am also kind of a a, a a coffee snob. And then instead of social media, instead of emails, any of that because that can get you to you know sink and suddenly you're doing mm. you know um, spinning. I just go straight right. into my book. So coffee, just waking up, and I have to be at a coffee shop because I need yeah. to see people come in. I need to. I love being the first one there. And then as people kind of come in at eight o'clock, I feel like, ha, I've been here for two hours. I love hours. that. What I have love you that. done? You know? So like, it just feels good. And then, you know, she was talking about connection, mm. eye contact, uh, smiling at the kid, petting a dog. Um, I, ch- I just kind of like integrate with the atmosphere yeah, that helps yeah. me tremendously, right? So I pick at the book for like, I don't know, maybe an hour or two. Then I go home wash my face, brush my teeth, kind of get ready. And then I, you know, check my emails, the social media, that kind of stuff. And then I will do a different Mm -hmm. type of creative thing. So if I was writing a book in the morning, now I'm podcasting or I'm writing a blog or I'm, you know, doing stuff for Instagram. And then I cut my day in half and then I go straight to the gym at about 11. But I go to the gym always on my motorcycle. So it's a 20 minute drive. And at that time, there's no traffic. So um, my motorcycle is my meditation love, machine. What, I ride a motorcycle as well. I, yes. What do you have? Oh, do you? This is oh, a giant wow. Harley Road Glide, but it's a Harley. I have an Aprilia yeah, yeah. and Aprilia 750. Different ones. Oh, shit. That's yeah, like, a, yeah. like a sport like bike. That's Italian like, um, it's, yeah. yeah. I love that. And it is a meditation. That's, That's what beautiful. I tell people. The motorcycle is a meditation. Yes. You've just got your helmet on. It's just you and the bike. I love it. I love it. Well, you, if you're not present, That's you're going right. to die. So yeah. it forces you to, to no. like, you're not thinking about taxes, right? You're just mm. so present. And you're exercising that. So, so I know that if I take my motorcycle 20 minutes, I'll be hitting flow states. I'll be present. I'd be out of my head. So so for 40 minutes, 20 minutes there, 20 minutes back. And then at the gym, I'm not just going in the corner, working out by myself, high fives, mm. chest bumps, human connection, jokes, be silly, get in my workout. And I always take I a that. class. Yeah. I always make, because if I take a class, you know, yeah. it gives you that structure and all that. And then I come home and then I'll jump in an ice or take a shower. And then I'll go into something else that's yeah. creative, like sessions. Uh, right now, I'm doing doing this thing on YouTube where uh, two couples fall from the sky, and I'm giving a free <laughs> couple session, but something different than what I was doing before. So I'm constantly changing my brain as far as being creative, not just like in one gear grinding, you know. Right. Just so that's that's no, my that's my, oh, I think I lost you. That's my morning routine, and that works for me. And it's a a, a little different than than yours. Um, we although do. we do have I the motorcycle. Lo- that is a great routine, and. <laughs> 
there's two things that I love about that. Well, I love the whole thing, but I love that you're using the first part of your, you know, your creative muscles and your your decision making, your attention onto the important task, which is the book. I think a lot of people think, I'll do all these little tasks first and mm-hmm. then I'll get to the book. I think it's so good that you do right. that early because right. you're getting all these, like all the juices flowing at that time. And also there was this study that was published mm-hmm. around where people either study or do their work. And a lot of people, if you work from home, it actually can stifle your creativity. They say that if you change your environment and you're out, you know, a cafe is great because mm, yes. even though it's the yes. same cafe, it's different people coming in and out. There's things happening. And if you remove right, yourself from that environment right. and you're in kind of this novel place, then you're more likely to stay focused because there's stuff going on around you that you're just slightly mm-hmm. hyper aware and that translates into better focus on the task as well. So uh, when I when I do yeah. any hectic yeah. creative tasks or writing, I prefer to be out of the house or even out of the office. I have to be out in a cafe. Yes, yeah. I agree. I agree. And you know, if your you know, if yours is different and you like to be alone in your studio or whatever, uh, you, you got to do what works for you. But I agree with you. Environment is huge and uh, you know, writing or podcasting oh, yeah. can be very lonely, yeah. you know. And so um don't yeah. isolate, engage in the world, you know, be a part of of the world, yeah. Well, thank, thank you so much. Thank you so much for thank these for tips. Me. They're amazing. I, I love them. They kind of remind me of like, you know, the, the, yeah, the stuff I love that it. I do. It's so good so, to speak to like-minded um, people I, because you just like bounce ideas off and then you hear things in a different way. And it, I don't know. I love it. Yeah. What's, um, before we leave, what's next for you? What are some of your uh, goals, goals for, for 24? 24, I'm going to start doing live shows. That's probably the biggest one. I've never done my own mm. live show and I've been talking about doing it for a while. So that will be the first one, which is really exciting. Ooh. Like, like, yeah, renting out yeah. A theater? So what do you mean, doing live? Doing a theater. Where? I'm starting with one in Sydney. And then, yeah. so my agents were, were talking about doing a, a, like a tour around Australia, which will be. Yeah. I hope you make it. To, you think you'll make to. it all the way to That's LA? That's the dream. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then, and then, what happens? You'll get discovered, and suddenly you're going to be an actress, and you're going to be like, I "Oh, I just, I just took the longer to route to be an actress." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Live shows. Well, that's amazing. Well, that's another example of um, the mm. actor in you, yeah, being being fed, right? So even though you're not doing movies, but a show is a show, and so. Um, Combining yeah. passion and then also your, your I know, acting gifts. It's so gifts. great. So I never thought, great. you know, I, I think I always thought I have to, if I'm going to be a performer, it's got to be in acting. And then I don't think I've broadened my horizon to think a performer can be in so many other mm-hmm. avenues, you know, and this is, it's just happening right. in this way, which is amazing. So, what we kind of have in common was um, I was a screenwriter okay. for 10 years in Los Angeles and I quote unquote, a uh, failed screenwriter, got a divorce. And I thought that part of my life was wasted until I started writing self-help books. And I'm on book number six, and I realized the tracks I laid as a screenwriter has helped me significantly writing self-help books. So it wasn't a waste. Yeah. Um, A hundred, yeah. It was a gift. It just just translated into self-help. If you're always putting effort into something, it's never a waste, no matter matter what it feels like at the time. Yeah. Mm. They're like boomerangs. They'll come back around. That's so true. You know, in different ways. Okay, I also, with my guest episodes, ask them to help me title Ooh, it. Okay. So as we end, what's a great title? And it could be long, you know, like Tim Ferriss, his titles <laughs> are like are, a they? paragraph. 
Oh, so, that's such a good. That's yeah. That's we talked about morning great, routines. Yeah, I love that you do that. Um, okay, what could we title this? Paris, Paris, yeah, something, something morning routines. I know uh, running away, motorcycles. Um, <laughs> surely motorcycles have to be in there. Okay, okay, so Paris, more <laughs> motorcycles, yeah. and morning routines. That's the best. I love it. I love it. Um, I uh, my first bike oh, was I the Cardi Monster, which is I think kind of like yours. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, and then I went on and had uh, a Triumph, That's all so different cool. types of bikes. Um, yeah, Triumph but, is great. Yeah. It's it's amazing. No, when I used to I used to work for Red oh, sorry, Bull back in the day, and they had a, a Red Bull branded Triumph, and it was my because I was the only one that had the. So it was my job uh, to take it to events and stuff, and it was great a great bike. Is Australia, I'm assuming, lots of yeah, wide heaps, open roads? Heaps, 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 yeah. Because everything's so spread out here. Yeah. It's not like, yeah, not like traffic. No, no. I mean, know, of bump, course, bumper in, to bumper kind of like in I mean, it's Sydney, great for city, city where I live, it's a lot of traffic, but then it doesn't take that long to get out and then you can go. And there's so many good rides. There's a lot of mm. mountains on the outskirts of Sydney in every direction, mountains, yeah. so you can go for nice, nice long rides. Yeah. Nice. Thank you well, so thank much. You for the great. Hand. Yeah, I'm excited yeah, to um, be on your podcast now. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, um, I'm, I'll be on um, her podcast. Um, Do you Definitely. fucking mind? So check that out. And um, yeah. yeah, we're creating bridges today. So thank you for listening. Be well. <laughs> <laughs>